Exodus 5. What's going on, Exodus 5, John? Exodus 5, uh, things get worse before they get better, right? Mm. That's just the way that it is. Uh, Exodus 4, God's going to go to great lengths and he's going to call Israel his firstborn son. So God comes through and says, yo, go tell Pharaoh to let my firstborn out. So you see the people of God uh, feeling good. They're high. They're great on the fact that, man, we're God's. God's going to protect us. God's going to save us. And they get a declaration, a promise that God will save them. And then the very next thing Pharaoh doubles down on them and says, not only am I not going to let you go, but I'm going to make your word extra hard. So mm -hmm. y'all stop stepping out of pocket and trying to go out and praise this guy. Like y'all just trying to go out and praise this guy. Cause y'all work ain't hard enough. Uh, let me make sure that y'all don't get any days off. And then the people who were high on, yo, God's going to save us their praise dance yeah. and all that stuff in church. Now they're like, Moses, you made our life worse. Listen, mm. and we all know that feeling, right? To be at a place where we believe the promises of God, right? We may have even put our faith and trust in God or decided we really want to go and start to walk with God. Bro. And then things get worse before <laughs> they get better. And that just reminds us, listen, y'all, this whole thing is a thing about faith, right? The people of God are forced once again to trust what God says more than what they see. And yeah. suffering fogs up the windshield, right? So they were grateful that God remembered them. And now times get hard and they think that God has forgotten them. And so in chapter six, verse nine, it says the people couldn't even hear Moses's encouragement because their spirits were broken. And that's what suffering does. It clouds our vision. It clogs our ears. It's harder to see and hear about the faithfulness of God when you're crying tears and hearing your oppressor laugh in the face of your adversity. And in Exodus 6.10, God knows this and he doesn't tell Moses to keep convincing the people with their broken spirit to cheer up. He sends Moses to do something about their oppression and says, I, right, you go and tell Pharaoh to let them go. And then the story's gonna shift and Moses is gonna spend his time here in the next part um, interacting more with Pharaoh than with the discouraged people, more with the oppressor to liberate the oppressed uh, than just trying to encourage people that are oppressed. And that's where we are in this story right now. Yeah, so like, man, I love what you said just about how suffering can like fog the windshield, bro. Yeah. And what I love about God, dog, like, what I love about God is that he, he reaffirms his promises right. when circumstances don't look promising. Right, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying, yeah. and so it's like, yo, like God comes through in Genesis. I mean, uh, Exodus six, right? And says, yo, I'm going to deliver you guys with a strong hand or a strong arm. Some translations would say, and so like, what we got to realize is that, man, one of the things I love uh, too about God is that He communicates in ways that we can understand. So right. here in Egypt, in Egyptian culture, pharaohs, right, their power. Um, was typically described as having a strong, them possessing a strong arm themselves. Right. Yeah. And so God is saying, all right, I'm going to speak y'all language, fam. Right, right. I'm going to deliver y'all the strong arm. Basically, me and Pharaoh are going to have a, a wrestling match and I'm going to win. Right. right. And so God is confirming and reaffirming 
all of his covenant promises. And then in like six, seven, he says, yo, I will take you as my people mm. and I will be your God. Right. So this is like covenant language, right? A covenant, right. you know, is this ancient or is a relationship between two parties. And it's like a legal relationship, but it's also a love relationship. And right. so God is reaffirming this to Moses uh. when things don't look promising, bro. And so I just love that idea that he is serious. And he's saying like, yo, I am the Lord. Again, it's not just that you're going to know that I'm the Lord, Israel. Right. Egypt is going to know Egypt's going to know. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to reveal myself in a way that I didn't even reveal myself to Abraham, my G. Right. <laughs> like I'm going to reveal myself right, right, right. in a different what a, way because of this central event. It's crazy. Yeah. No, no. And I love Pharaoh steps out of pocket and he's like, who's this guy that, yeah. that you should, yeah, uh, that that he's going to come into my house and start to make re requests. And in Exodus 7 verse 5, God's like, oh, oh, word, is that it? God's like, I'm going to make sure that Pharaoh, that his sons, that their kids, that their kids' kids, that everybody's going to know about what I've done. And you see it clear through the Old Testament. It's not just the people of God that look back at this time and say, look at what God did. It's even the enemies of God yeah. that say, yo, wait yeah. a minute. Don't forget about what God did to Egypt, y'all. Um, and this is just... God saying that he's going to, right, God's going to come through and he's going to do what he does, right? God will come through. And in Exodus 7, what God does is he brings in Moses and says, Moses, fam, this ain't about you, dog. Like, I'm going to use you, but it's not about you. Moses is still concerned. God, who am I that you would choose me? And God's like, Moses. Moses, this is not about you. So yep. it's not going to be this quick thing, right? God yep. predicts bad news, right? Yeah. Moses, I'm going to send you, but it's going to be hard, and y'all are going to go into this back and forth. And what we see is this. You know, predicting bad news is a good thing if you're right about the bad news, right? Mm. Weathermen predict bad news, and we trust them. And we love to have them, not just because they give us bad news, but when somebody tells you bad news is coming, you can prepare for it. And that's what God is doing with Moses right here. Yeah. And so God, like from there, Exodus 7, it's like these plagues. So like we all are familiar with the 10 plagues. And it's like, it seems like this um, just oddity or obscure. Just random. Why random. is there hail, frogs, yeah. flies? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> now, this is, bro, context is always king. Key. Context mm. will always make you a better Bible reader. So mm. the first thing that we see here is a plague where God turns the water in Egypt into blood. So first mm. off, the plagues in general. What's going on here is God is pushing back against all of the Egyptian gods. Right. right. So in other words, it's not just a contest between Israel and Pharaoh or Moses mm. and Pharaoh or even God and Pharaoh. It is ah. God and the Egyptian gods. Mm. God is pushing back on the idols of their land and he is showing them that he's the one true sovereign God. Uh, Egypt was super, super, super polytheistic, meaning they worshiped thousands of God. So for example, when he turns the water into blood, the Nile, um, that, that was the, the Nile they believe when the Nile flooded, Egypt believe when the Nile flooded, 
it became this this god called Hopi, named Hopi. Right. And Hopi is the fertility god, and they believe that Hopi sustained them. And yeah. God shuts that up, and He says, "No, this is now. This is the most powerful nation in the world at the time." Right. God shuts up the Nile and says that, "No, no, no. Sustenance comes from Me." Right. Right. Sustenance yeah. doesn't come from any other false god. That's good. Other than Me, and what, what we realize is that God uses visible things mm. to show us invisible realities. Oh, that's good. Right? So he, he does visible, real life, tangible things to show us something about the character of himself that we can't really see. Right. So then right. after that, he comes with the next plague, frogs. Yeah. And so that's that's another that's another uh attack on the god, the god Geb, right? I'm sorry. Hecate is the god that the, that he's pushing back against in the second plague, right? And so literally this god was a person with a frog's head. Um mm-hmm. and he was another fertility god. And this God was thought to breathe life into every living person. And here God attacks this deity, showing that he is the author of life and shows that they are in, incapable of controlling any type of birth, mm. even frogs. That's why frogs just start to sprout up everywhere. And uh. then the third plague, right, comes comes as well. Um, and this is the gnats. And then the, the fourth plague, we have the swarm of flies. Um, and so, like, again, like over and over and over again, like God is pushing back on these gods to show that hey, I'm the one true God. I'm sovereign over the entire universe. And again, over and over, it's so funny that every time it says Pharaoh hardens his heart. Yeah. He hardens his heart. And so they mm. see these signs, but mm. their heart is still hard, right? Right. And so like, I think, man, what the text is trying to say, like, man, like we can harden our heart, but God has to soften it. Right. You mm. know what I mean? Like he hardens his heart, but God doesn't soften it mm. and he can't soften his own heart. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.